Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking at dinner or cutting the grass, which you turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. We're doing one of the teachings from the series from my book. Uh, the book's name is going to be, it's, it's in the works, but it's going to be called Strategies for Impossible Battles. And tonight I'm going to be teaching on one of the chapters that's in the book. Um, it's called A Medical Miracle. It's not a lesser miracle, but I'm just going to talk about the strategy of ask God for wisdom. That was one of the strategies that I told this parents when they had to decide which hospital to take their newborn baby to. And you have to get the book to get the whole story, but the baby needed some surgery. And all of a sudden, they could not get the baby uh, to totally stabilize, um, though the baby was stabilized for a while. But now they're in the situation where um, they don't know for sure what's going on. They need, uh, so the parents decided, we want, after asking for uh, wisdom, they wanted to know from God, do we keep the baby here and have these surgeons do it? It's a really good hospital. Or do we take the, do we believe and have the baby get transported a couple hours away to a hospital that's even more known for this and actually has some of the uh, greatest experts in the world at it? And so what happens when you're asking God for wisdom? All right, so I'm going to read a little bit from the book. The Heavenly Father desires that you overcome the schemes of the enemy. The Lord Jesus Christ suffered a painful death. He tasted the grave in hell just to pay the price for every attack that would ever come against us so that we could win. Holy Spirit lives in every true believer who has given their life to Jesus Christ and made him Lord. He is the power of God in you to overcome every attack, no matter how impossible. And so we're going to look at James. I'm, I'm going to be reading now the Passion Translation by, um, that Brian Simmons translated, who is a powerful man of God. I really encourage people to get that translation. And one of my favorite ways is to listen to it on Audible. And um, this is no kidding. So I was praying about what am I going to, what do you want me to teach tonight, Lord? What do you want me to teach at the meeting tonight? This is no kidding. I'm not kidding you guys. So about three in the morning, I woke up, I was praying, I was seeking the Lord. I read some of the book of Revelation, which we're going to get into Friday and really cool what he showed me about the seven mountains. But so I'm thinking, well, what do I want to listen to as I go back to sleep? So I'm thinking, well, I've been doing a lot of the apostolic teaching on what the church is supposed to look like. And so I put on first Timothy and it just keeps running. But honestly, I fall asleep so quick. So I, I don't even know if I got past first Timothy one or two. So a couple hours later, when, guess what I wake up to? I seriously wake up to um, the scripture about if you ask for wisdom, uh, God's going to give it to you. And, and so it was so funny because I'm serious. I went to sleep. I, I woke up right when Brian Simmons on the Audible is saying, and if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. And I'm like, wait a minute, God, I went to sleep asking you for sure what I'm supposed to teach tomorrow night. And I specifically said, do you want me to do the teaching on wisdom? What are, what are your chances of it, w w aching you up exactly at that, of even sleeping exact that amount of time? 
can I just tell everybody, this ride with God is so awesome. If everybody knew how real he was, while everybody's worrying and trying to do this and that and all the world's way of doing things, people, God has this most great, wonderful walk with him. It's so fun. You really won't be upset no matter what's happening because you know we win at the end. You know that if they kill you on the way out for, and persecute you for righteousness' sake, and well, I'm not going to get to it, but you get a whole extra stuff you get to do with God um, during the thousand year millennium, besides hanging out in the throne room until that happens. But we won't talk about that. We're going to get back to this. But I'm so excited all that He's giving me. He is so good. So, James 1 5, it says here, And if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and He will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but He will overwhelm your failures with His generous grace. I want to read that in a different translation too. Let's go to the very beginning of it. James 1. James 1 uh, verse 2. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulty, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the, experience the greatest joy that you can. And that's what it says here. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the proving of your faith works patience. Let patience have its perfective work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Okay, what is God saying here? He is telling you why you go through trials, okay? So a really good title for this would be, why do, Christian, why do, people, why do Christians have to go through trials? Okay, you're going to hear the answer. Okay, so it says, my brothers count it all joy. God's saying, you're going to get to such a place where you're going to count trials as joyful. You're going to be able to say, thank you, God. Yay, God. If that hasn't happened to you, you didn't win that battle yet. You didn't win the battle yet. The reason you can count it all joy is because you have to grow closer to Christ, understand his ways, get in the word, and be, he becomes more real to you. Remember, Paul says, I count it as garbage. I count it as nothing, all that I've lost to gain Christ. That's all real, you guys. That's real. That's how I feel. I've been through a lot of things. Like I was talking about, I went through fast miracles. I went through long miracles. I went through long marathon trials. I've been through where I totally lost. But in all of it, I've gotten closer to God and closer to God and closer to God. And I count it all joy. I seriously do. I'm not making that up. And that's what these scriptures are talking about. So let's go back to the um, Passion Translation and see how he says it. He says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. So I was telling you in the other trial that when my son got attacked, the first thing you do is say, okay, Lord, I'm going to count this joy. I am going to win this. I'm going to learn about you more. I'm going to watch this work. See, God wants, I don't know that the body of Christ knows this right now. But starting in 2020, you were getting awakened. By 2023, you have been enlisted. You are in boot camp. And if you really look at things going on in the world right now, there are a lot of people afraid of the draft coming back in and being having to be put in boot camp. And people are thinking, our militaries have got to get stronger. Well, guess what? In the spirit realm, God is saying, come and enlist. I don't think he'll ever draft you 
because you've got to freely want to learn to fight. But if it gets rough enough, you're going to want to learn to fight. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, can I tell you this? In this family story that I've been talking about who went through the whole season of their um, baby having one problem after the other, starting in the womb and then after it was born, and as we keep going over this, you can find this somewhere else here uh, on, on our Facebook videos, but you can also find it on our um, videos here on YouTube. That's the best place to find it. You will see that they had nothing but difficulties. God heals this supernaturally, and then this shows up. And then they get past that, and then boom. Why, why didn't God do the whole thing? Because God's saying, you know what? You're going to face many difficulties, but this is your experience to have the greatest joy that you've ever known. You're going to be able to count this joy. So it goes on. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. Let's read that again. Now, this is only to believers. You should know by now. I'm telling you, for you should know that when your faith, what is faith? And I'm not going to get into that. That actually is a chapter in the book, but I'm not talking about it. faith is your complete trust and confidence in God. And it has to be based on what he says in his word. Get this. The minute you got born again, the Holy Spirit wants you to know God, know his word, know he's real, realize how real he is from being an infant tossed every which way the Bible says to a child who just believes and everything's great. And then all of a sudden you grow up a little bit and this isn't as easy as you thought. And all of a sudden you're a young man. Welcome to young man and young womanhood, which means what? You've got to overcome the evil one. He says so in his word. There's scriptures where he says, I think it's in one of the books of John, but it's like you young men overcome the evil one. You have to overcome. Well, look at all these young men and there's no male or female in the spirit. So, you know, young men, young women, you have got to overcome. Okay. Your, your pastor can't do it for you anymore. You can go to the best prayer lines in the world, the greatest apostles, whoever, unless God sends you there is not going to work there. He has got to order your steps. He has got to teach the young men to grow up and hear God and overcome and to do it yourself. What happens when you overcome and you overcome and you overcome and you overcome? You get pretty much confidence that God is going to keep talking to you. He's going to keep showing you what to do, no matter how detailed or how easy or whatever, he's going to show you. And that's why you can count it joy. You count it joy because you are growing in your relationship with God and trusting him. Okay. So you know that when you're, you're for you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. What does it mean? It means you're going to have to go to God and cry out to God. And all the things I've talked about as strategies, going uh, before the throne of God or the courts of heaven kind of teaching and, and, and uh, looking what faith, building your faith, getting real faith, all these strategies that I talk about in this book, um, strategies for the impossible battles, all of those strategies are things you're going to be learning and, and applying and, and putting into your fight so you can count it joy. It goes on. And then it, this is James 1, 4. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, 
It will release perfection to every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. What does it mean? It means when you walk through this and you have to do this and it's you doing this, not somebody doing it for you. There's a big difference in God using somebody in your life to do a lot of this for you. But that's when you want to really learn it. Whether it's through you're reading somebody's book, you're watching somebody's video, you're watching these teachings, you actually have a, a pastor or a friend or somebody's powerful and spiritual things who's walking you through. Okay, somebody else walking you through is not you doing it. It's you learning how to do it. Does everybody get that? Somebody else walking you through. Yes, you have to yield. Yes, you have to obey. Yes, you have to start learning things, okay? And I know in this particular trial that I helped this young couple through that a lot of this book is based on, it started out with them knowing almost not. They've heard it, heard it, but none of it was real to them. By the time we get to the end of the uh, 200 pages of text messages um, and the end of the book, she's the one, the wife is the one getting revelation. The dad's the one who's being changed into this powerful man of God who absolutely loves his family. And, and the mom, she is really, she's getting the scriptures now. She's telling me what God showed her. She's getting revelation. That's the whole idea. The whole idea was, come on, I'm going to walk aside, alongside you. That's true ministry. I'm going to help you. But if you're really doing this thing and you're persevering, all of a sudden it's theirs, right? They get it. Now they know how to do it. Now they have to walk it out. It's not enabling somebody to depend on you. It's coming alongside somebody and helping them learn to fight. And as God is busting covering doctrine out of the entire church, because it is the corrupt system of the church, it doesn't mean he's allowed it for a long time, but he's going to get rid of it because it stands in the way of the people. The people like, oh, if we just go. I've even heard people say, if you go to this church, you'll be fine. They can't promise you that. It's not about you connecting to, the, to some leadership. It's about you connecting to the headship of Christ. And true ministry wants to come alongside you, connect you to the uh, headship of Christ. You hear him now. You walk with him now. You want to wean them from depending on you. And even in this wild trial, there was times when the baby had to be weaned from different meds. And part of that was prophetic of God weaning the church from being totally dependent on getting uh, somebody else doing it for them. There's a lot of people in this room and it's your weaning season. So I highly encourage you to have your own walk with God. I highly encourage you to be where he wants you to be. I highly encourage you to keep your eyes on Jesus, fall in love with him, and don't get, and count it joy as long, and when the enemy hits, count it joy. Right away, first thing, God help me, I'm going to count this joy. I do know you now. I do trust you now. I know I can do this thing. And a lot of you have done those things. I'm looking around. You just not even almost know that you did them. There's a lot of things you prayed for and you believe for that I haven't prayed for hardly at all, to be quite honest. I didn't need to. God didn't need me to. You've done it. Some of you don't even know how much you've done. I'm looking in this room right now. There's somebody's husband's alive a long time after that diagnosis of cancer that he wasn't supposed to be alive. It's not because of me. It's because of your prayers. 
is because of your warfare, is because of what you've done. Same thing with somebody's grandson number two. They came along with the same thing that we walked through and prayed for number and all of a sudden, and you got the victory. Does everybody get what I'm saying? You've got to grow up. Everybody's got to grow up. That's what the shaking in the church is right now. So your endurance grows even stronger or release perfection to every part of your being. Let me see what that is in a different translation. Well, let patience have its perfective work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In the King James, it says, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. Okay, so pretty much the same thing. So basically God's saying, what is he saying? I'm going to mature you. I am going to mature you. I am going to mature you so that you are mature. You lack nothing. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know him. You walk with him. You hear him. Satan can't throw you. How many know for the battle we're in in these last days, this is where he's got to get us to? Don't you kind of feel like you're in the army in here this today? You kind of feel like you're in an army training camp today. All right, now here we go for today's topic. James 1.5, if anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and he will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your fa failures with his generous grace. Let me read that one in the, in the um, literal. But if any of you lacks wisdom, how many know we lack wisdom? Let him ask from God who gives to all freely with no reproach and it will be given to him. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. How many know he's good to his word? Okay, so he's going to give us a little bit of part two of this. Okay, because somebody, well, yeah, it's for wisdom, I didn't get it. I'm about to tell you why you didn't get it. Because he tells you in his word. What does he say in his word? He says in his word. And if anyone, long, okay, just, okay, so when you ask for wisdom, He'll give it to you. Just make sure you ask, empowered by confident faith, without doubting that you will receive. For the ambivalent person believes one minute and doubts the next. Being undecided makes you become like the rough seas driven and tossed by the wind. You're up one minute and tossed down the next. When you are half-hearted and wavering, and the, the other translations say double-minded, and wavering, it makes you unstable. Can you really expect to receive anything from the Lord when you're in that condition? Let me go read it out of the literal. Let him ask in faith, doubting nothing. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea being driven by wind and being tossed. For do not let that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-souled man, not dependable in his ways. Wow. So what does that mean? How do I handle that? First, you tell me to ask for wisdom and you'll give it to me. You promise. But then you tell me if I don't believe you and have really strong faith and confident that you're telling me this, then you can't give me that wisdom. Is that what it says? Yes. So what would I have to do now? What, what's the key in that? What's the key in that to have that wisdom? What is the key? I have to build up my faith. And in the book, I have a whole chapter. It still doesn't hardly scratch the surface of how to get faith. 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. You'll have to go back and read all that. You've got to build your faith. So you need to listen to teaching on faith. I'm not talking about mind over matter. I'm talking about heartfelt faith. Do you understand that walking through these trials is going to build your faith? As your faith builds, you'll be able to ask for wisdom. Then when you ask for wisdom, you'll hear God. You'll have faith and confidence to obey him and you won't doubt it. Now, how many knows that this is really shaky stuff, right? This is shaky stuff because we're so, we're so afraid of it not working. We're so afraid of what people will think. And what does the devil do? He tells you of all the times it didn't work for somebody. Well, guess what? I'm not that somebody. Well, you sure sell. I sound confident. I sound like I have confident faith in God's ability, in God's word, in God's promise. That's not being prideful. That's being what is required to get wisdom from God. Is it not? You can't make that up. I really have that kind of confidence. Why? Because I've walked through so many things with God and I found him faithful because I read his word. I believe his word. I listen to his word. I love his word. I love fellowshipping. I love worship. I love going to church. I love being with God. He is amazing. He is wonderful. And I trust him with all my heart. But believe me, that's not how it started. It started out as a very shaky thing and broken and crying and asking God to help. Holy Spirit, I just want you to see Holy Spirit's the real coach. Holy Spirit's right there. Come on. Just, I, I know you can go this far. Now, I, I've never been a, an, an athletic person, okay? Like, not at all, okay? Like, I just, I know sports are in the Bible. Otherwise, I tell everybody they weren't from God. But anyhow, I'm just kidding. But for people to win, from my understanding, because I never really tried hard to win, okay? You have to train. You have to build up your muscles. You have to practice. You have to eat right. You have to drink right. You have to sleep at the right time. You can't just go out there and do it without a lot of preparation, right? Well, that's what faith is like. Faith. You have to prepare. You have to build up your faith your most holy faith. You have to spend time in training with your trainer. You have to listen to him. You have to know his word. Remember, if you're thinking of it as a fight, his word is, is a sword that comes out of your mouth. It's his word placed in your heart. You don't be thumping through the Bible in the middle. Like the minute the enemy attacked my son, I was talking about in one of these where all of a sudden my son had this terrible attack of a, of a um, strep uh, septus out of nowhere. And I get the phone call before we knew even what it was. We just knew it was so bad. I just knew it was so bad because I could just tell in the spirit. I knew Satan was out to get him. And I just went right into no weapon formed is going to prosper. But the scripture that jumped into me is, devil, you can't do this because I just repented of pride. And pride goes before destruction. So you cannot destroy anything that I love. You cannot destroy any one of my family. You have no authority. I canceled this assignment. But I also knew how close I had been to having that pride and just being free from it because I was hearing God. I was walking with God. The thing, like, even in this trial, I've been walking the family through that's in this book. 
I thank them so many times for being able to be a part of this journey because I needed to get rid of that pride. I needed to be helping them in that trial. I didn't do something great for them. I did what God wanted that I needed to do. And if everybody gets into real ministry, you're going to find out that you're not doing anything that God doesn't want you to do for you. Thank God for God. Thank God for his faithfulness. He could have had somebody come and tell me, Cindy, you have so much pride. But I don't know if I would have listened. There were probably people hinting that. But I saw it when I was hanging out with God. Actually, he dropped it right in my spirit. Now, I... Now it's the name of a chapter. It just one night is judging my spirit. A medical miracle is not a lesser miracle. And it just went, Phew. I'm like, oh my God. And it like slapped me upside the head. Like, oh my gosh, why was I thinking it was? Why was I so determined that this little baby not need surgery when the doctors can do the surgery, when God set it up for him to have, be at the right hospital, to be able to get to the other hospital and make all the timing right. Who am I to, to demand that God's got to do it or it's not going to be done. He's got to do it the way I want it done. That's pride. All of a sudden I'm not dependent upon God and what he's telling me to do and how he's telling me to do it. All of a sudden I'm going to prove something about how spiritual I am. I'm going to prove how much we Christians never need doctors and all this stuff. And I know that's not true. I've, I've gone through my own humbling, but um, this was life and death. I believe that. This was an attack out of nowhere. And Satan thought, we got her. Does this help anybody understand how real the spiritual warfare is? Everybody, people don't even have an idea hardly what spiritual warfare is where they're acting all big shots and wondering, why didn't that work? Well, why didn't you fight? I didn't know how. Whose fault is that? This isn't about condemnation. This is about reality. This is how it is in the kingdom. This is how it is when you get born again. This is the real deal. Without God, you have no chance. Without God, the baby with only three chambers of the heart would not have made it to full term. He would have probably never, well, he would have never even been able to breathe. That's all they would have. And they have to get through that any way they can. And we need to pray for them. And we need to have compassion for them. But I'm not going to not say the truth about God's word. But I'm not going to say it in a haughty way. I'm going to say it in a way so people will want God. And people who know him but don't really know him will humble themselves and want to know him. I love this part where it says, if you, long for, if you long to be wise, then ask God for wisdom. He'll give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but he will overwhelm your failures with his generous grace. Pride wants to destroy you for your failures. Well, I didn't go through that. I've been through about everything. I can't even say that. I'm so, I, I, it's like I've been so... Um, beat up by the enemy at times. I've been so broken. The enemy trying to destroy me, but taking my brokenness to the Lord. I remember during this trial, when I'll get to it later, but 
there was such a part that it was just one bad thing after the other, after the other for this couple. And I could just tell that Talia was so down. And I was just praying, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord brought this song from Twyla Paris, this warrior is a child. And it's about, um, they don't know when I go running home, you know, when I lay down my sore and cry. Anyway, it's, it, but I listened to that song probably thousand times after my daughter died. And I had God's grace to, to minister at her funeral. I had God's grace to bring people to the Lord, to, to minister, um, to go to the school and minister to the kids. I had his grace, his supernatural empowerment. But when I'd go home, and it wasn't boo-hoo, sorrow and grief. I did, God showed me how to destroy that, and I did. But it was this getting close to God and, and holding on to the comforter and saying, oh God, help my family, help me through this. And it was just this awesome, warm, wonderful presence of God. It was like him holding you and saying, I'm here. It's all right, we've got this, just hold on. I'm gonna take care of you. That's the kind of dad we have, you guys. That's the kind of God we have. It's not about, oh, look what I did. That kind of pride's gonna make you find out really quick that brokenness, see, I don't wanna be broken by the enemy and destroyed, but I wanna be broken. I wanna I want be broken before the Lord. I wanna be honest before the Lord. I wanna know that I, I want, I want it to be so real to me that I need him, that I can't do anything without him. Jesus said, I can do nothing except what the Father shows me. See, that's humility. Humility is when it's not looking like you're nicer than other people. Humility is I cannot do this without you, God. And I know it. But I have you. Thank you that I have you. Thank you that you're so real. Thank you you're so good. Thank you you're so faithful even when I'm not. And then you're growing. So understand this. Your wisdom is going to increase, right? As your faith increases. As your confidence, as you have confident faith. I like how he says, as you have confident faith then guess what you're going to be able to receive more wisdom from him what's this he's going to keep maturing us from line upon line precept to precept and take us into deeper glory deeper presence of God so I just want to end uh, this session just encouraging everyone to be able to count it all joy and go back to any trial you were in that caused bitterness. What happened if it caused bitterness? You did not count it joy. You blamed God. You got mad at God. You got angry at God. Go back. Cuddle up to the comforter. Tell him you're sorry. You didn't understand. You, you, and you get it now. You, you didn't understand, but you should have by now. <laughs> And you had plenty of opportunities to let go of some stuff and plenty of opportunities to do things. And, and so God, forgive me for blaming you when all you did is try to help. All you did is try to get me in the right place. And God, if I'm honest, you still did something major in my life. And I want to go back to that place before bitterness got in. And I want to say thank you, God. 
Let's, and, and let him pick you up. Just kind of see yourself being, just grabbing his hand saying, okay. Because when we stay in that place of not understanding God and saying, we'll never understand it. We're faithful. He's not, we did everything. Can I just tell you, I promise you, you haven't done everything, okay? This particular trial that I just walked this couple to, we did more things that the Lord showed us and required in, in uh, less than a year than I, I could even imagine. Almost everything I've learned in walking through um, 15 to 20 years of ministry were all applied in this one trial. Almost all. Thank God we didn't have to go through the grief thing. And, and I am talking to anyone, any uh, pastors, ministers, leaders. It's time to grow up. All of us. God wants to take us deeper than we've ever been. And we want to park somewhere where we feel comfortable. Can I tell you, walking with God, you don't get to be comfortable for very long. The minute you finally hit the yay, I'm comfortable, it's like he turns it upside down. He says, okay, where you were at in the ceiling on the last wineskin, whoops, now that's the floor on this wineskin. And then you're like, I don't know what we're doing. What are we doing? How are we doing this? And that's when all the transitioning's going on, all the shaking's going on. Just ask Karen and Nicole who work with me. Do we not have those? Sometimes it's almost you feel like you're two people. Like, what are you like? This is awesome. Look what God's doing. This is great. And then all of a sudden, nothing's really changed. All of a sudden, you're like, I don't know if I'm, what I'm doing is right. I don't know if anybody's ever going to hear this. I don't understand this. And the Lord's, he's smiling because he's like, okay, you hit your ceiling on what I was doing in your last season. And now you're at the beginning of this season. So now you need to look at like everything I learned up to now, I have. And we're going to go on and learn more. We're going to go deeper. We're going to find out more about God. How exciting is that? That is the true Christian walk. That is the bride getting ready for the return of Christ. And so with that, I'm going to say goodbye, you guys. I hope you keep coming back to our Facebook and, um, and our, our Facebook. For those who are on YouTube, our Facebook is Cindy Foster Beauty Fascist Ministries. And our YouTube channel is Cindy Foster, Jesus is Real. God bless you guys. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster, Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.